Whether you're learning the basics or you want to be a rock master, we have a class for you from high level overviews to specific features. Find the training class that fits your needs this year at community.rockrms.com slash classes. Welcome to this episode of Rockcast. I'm Emily Foreman and have here with me today John Edmiston and Nick Erdo. We are going to catch you up on all things rock today. So thanks for joining us. We always have to start out with the latest update of what's going on with our, our latest version releases. So Nick, can you share that with us? Yeah. We have just released uh, version 12.8 um, out of beta. It was, I think, last week, the 7th. And um, that is now available for everybody. Um, it's in the general availability. So an, a new patch to version 12. And we've also got a version 13.1 beta underway. Mm. So that is um, going well. Um, there were a number of fixes and corrections that we've uh, put since version 13.0 came mm -hmm. out. And that, of course, is, will both be are still in early access. So if you're early access, when that comes out of beta, you'll have uh, the ability to install that. And um, that kind of leads us to what else are we working on? We, we, we do have a 13.2, but you know we're just adding more fixes and model changes for the future so that our pre-alpha testers, um, such as Spark, <laughs> The rock site <laughs> yes. uh, can can start using and exploring these new features that are coming in version fourteen. So, oh. if I can just touch on one version fourteen sure. feature, that absolutely, we, we just finished. It was putting electronic signatures in a workflow action. So now you can have a workflow action as part of your workflow. Maybe you have a form right before that. Um, doesn't need to have a form before it, but you can have a form. And if you set up your um, attributes on this new action, you can have a person type their name for their official signature, or there's even an option to allow them to sign, like with their pen or their finger or their mouse. Um, although we've been instructed to really not encourage using that aspect mm. because that just puts PII data in your hands, in your database, because that signature is considered um, by the law community to be PII. And what is PII? It is personal identifying, identifying information. information. Yeah. So everybody seems to want that, but our lawyers like don't put it in there. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, okay, I get it. But I think people are going to require it. There is no better s signature. The either either option, either typing your name or, you know, like using your mouse or finger. It's the same legally. Yeah, that's why he was like, you probably shouldn't do it. But I know some people are just going to require it. So we're going to put it in the documentation. All the caveats of don't do that. But and by default, we'll check the uh, typed version. But somebody can choose the the one that we don't recommend. Um, and then what happens behind the scenes is when somebody signs, it will create a hash of all different kinds of data, the, their IP address, the date and time, the content that was in the document that they're signing, 
their signature or their type name, it, it creates a hash so that we can check later on uh, for that if it was tampered with. So somebody couldn't really tamper with that content. And then a PDF is created with that hash in there as well and sent out to their, uh, the email they provide. It's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, it came, came nice. together. That is pretty cool. I think I hear cheering in the background. Yeah, well, a lot I think of people excited come when about we get this. In event registration. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's probably true. And that is next up. I mean, it's just trying to get the ducks in the right row. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it, we we did a lot of um, the hard hard stuff needed to be done to figure out that piece. And now we have the the hard part of putting it in event registration, which is its own thing. But we should also point out it's only going to be in the new event registration mm. block. Yeah, it would be deprecating the the current twelve version twelve one. It would go, eventually go away, so yeah. we're not going to add more features to it. So that makes sense. Well, that is an exciting update. Yeah, it was a a, a fun ride, especially the last week. <laughs> Well, a lot has gone into that over time. It was very complicated. And anytime you take uh, your technology goals and then you apply certain uh, legal requirements and boundaries and things to them, that just gets to be a very complicated thing to move forward. So this is a pretty exciting update that I know a lot of people will be interested in hearing. Speaking of updates, um, John, can you tell us a little bit about the media feature? I know we've had uh, some information released about that, but that's a pretty cool feature we might want to elaborate on. Yeah, so that's a new feature in version 13. We're really excited about it because if you're using a video analytics platform today, it, or your analytics today are probably coming from your video platform, which knows nothing about the people who are actually consuming that content. Um, a few of them have some very loose integrations where you can pass it keys, like... like um, watcher keys and but it doesn't know who that person is and it's very hard to get that information back to a system that does know who those people are and so i think that's what's really unique about rock is we have all that and um people information and it really allows you to tailor um your ministry to uh the preferences and and you get to see that kind of analytics right inside um rock and so again, there's really not another way to do that. Um, there are systems that you know specialize in linking people together, but where is all the information about those people? Like, mm -hmm. how do you actually report on it? How do you communicate? You know, uh, differently on that. It, I mean, it, it all comes back to like the central repository, um, and so that's what Rock is doing. And so it's very complex how it works under under the covers. Um, so you have to like wire up a whole bunch of stuff and do these watch maps and, and, um, it's pretty cool in technology, um, probably maybe a little bit boring for some, but, um, what's going on in the covers is very sophisticated, especially because we're doing it across today, both web and mobile, and we're going to do other platforms in the future. It, that's really hard. In fact, there's no analytics platform I've seen that can do that on mobile. Wow. Some of them can do it on web, but to do it across mobile and then have web and mobile work together so that watch maps can be appended to each other or you can you can catch up where you left off across device type. I mean, that's pretty unique, especially knowing who that person is. I mean, that's that there's nothing out there. There is some things you need to know though. I mean, you just don't you, you just one doesn't just like, you know, snap your fingers and it works. Like you have to embed it into your content strategy. So you have to make sure that those media um objects are tied to your content channel items. And then when you create your site, your website, and it kind of needs to be a, a rock website, you need to use the right lava 
to wire everything up. Now we've made a really cool short code, a Lava short code that's super easy and has all the little bells and whistles. So you don't have to know any like detailed, you know, JavaScript or anything like that. Like you just use the short code and it does all the magic for you. On mobile, it's a tidge more, you have to know a little bit more. Um, we're gonna be working on a short code for that too. But there you need more options that the short code probably can't understand. So it, it's gonna be a, a tidge um, uh, more difficult. But again, compared to what's going on under the scenes, you're getting a lot of power with fairly, fairly ease of, of use. But you do have to wire it all up correctly. So what we've done internally is that, you know, we spent um, last week, we spent some good amount of time with our uh, digital team training them. Hey, this is a new feature in Rock. Um, obviously, they knew it existed and, you know, they they're part of the team. So but we're going into the deep, you know, details of like, how do you use it? How does this work? What does this property do? How does the lava filter uh, short code work and all that kind of stuff? So, I would, you know, recommend that anybody who specializes in websites or maybe mobile really do the research on it to make sure you understand it right. Because when you get it all wired up right, it's like amazing amounts of data that you can then do some cool stuff with. And I would put like a pin in, in the fact that the analytics is really cool. Like you can see some stuff today that is just blow your mind, but we're still just getting started. Like we're adding more and more capabilities um, to look across um, media. So you could look at maybe a folder and compare like the media in a folder, like which one had the highest engagement, what, you know, you, all kinds of, of, of cool stuff and adding um, in an upcoming version, the ability to geo locate based on IP address, which, you know, isn't super accurate, but it's accurate enough to like a city so that you can kind of see like who's watching where um, that'll be additional feature that that's added into rock that we're working on right now. Um, so all that to say is like, if you look at what Rock is, it's definitely not a church management system alone. Like that's that's a mm -hmm. small piece. Someday we probably should draw a chart of what Rock is because I feel like <laughs> the Venn diagram would be very interesting. Um, because I think yeah, we check the box on church management system, but how much of our thought and our passion goes around servicing just that one feature? It, it, that that's to me, and I'm probably unique. That's the box. It's like yeah, we need to check that box and we need to do a good job at that. But that's not where we want to specialize. Um, I always think of Marcus Buckingham. He's like, don't play to your weaknesses, play to your strengths. Um, and I don't think church management is our weakness by any means, but that's like the box, like, yeah, we want to be doing well at that. But honestly, that's a pretty low bar. Like who else is doing amazing things there? Not, and there's not really that much innovation in the areas of like group structures. Mm -hmm. Like we keep adding to groups, but because of the digital strategy, not because like, you know, um, small groups or neighborhood groups or, you know, whatever you call them, cell groups. There's not a ton of innovation there. There's a ton of innovation on the digital strategy side and the digital side. And that's where we want to be. That's our strength. And that's what we really want to, um, be powerful. And, um, but that relies on a good church management system too. Cause if you mm -hmm. don't have that, that person data, you really can't do the strategy. Right. And I think, you know, if you look at other people who, you know, are not using rock for that kind of stuff, I think that's where they are going to have a hard time is like, okay, yeah, that, that tool's pretty good. It gives you some good like video analytics on web, not on mobile, <laughs> but how do you tie that to people? If you can't tie it to people, what good is it? And you can stitch up all kinds of other like assortments of tools and integrations and to kind of get it to do that. 
but gosh, I want to know, did this per, how this person, um, interact with my content, video content, um, text content, email content. Do they open, do they open my emails? Um, or do they have a mobile app? Did they open the last push notification I gave them? You know, that's where we're driving to and we can actually do a good part of everything I just described. And some of it, we're just, we keep polishing on. And then what's the next platform, you know, mm-hmm. we have to, the, the next platform, some of them we know and we're working on and some of them, those platforms haven't even been created yet. And we talk about that in our development meetings, like, okay, well, what about the platform that does not exist yet? Like, or how are we thinking about that and how are we going to tie into that? And how do we make sure our technology stack is going to, um, so we have all those features that are being processed through at the same time, working on our next V next, um, you know, stack, which is taking up a significant amount of time too, <laughs> but we're making exciting progress. Like literally it's super exciting. The traction that we have, um, I was just talking to one of the developers about it, you know, yesterday and it's like, that's exciting. Like we're making good progress on that. Um, and that patience of not just jumping has allowed the platform, the other platforms to catch up and, and backfill functionality that they didn't have. So, yeah, so we're doing it right. We're not, we're not like running and gunning. We're being strategic about that. And I think being strategic about it is slow in the beginning, but it will get across the finish line even faster because we can, we can work efficiently and productively and not have to refactor. And so I'm excited about how we're doing that too. It might seem slow to some, but it's being very productive. And if we did it perfectly, if, if it could be done perfectly, you wouldn't even notice. You know, you just get to that day, you'd hit the upgrade button, and it just still works with no change, which will be really difficult to achieve. But that's our goal. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you're going to have to change platforms from like a Linux to a Linux server at well, some point. You could. Yeah. <laughs> some of that is like... <laughs> We're talking really cutting edge here now. We're way far down the line. I don't want anybody to think that that if you want to go to the next V2 version of Rock, that there's there's probably going to have to be some manual like hoisting. But But we will not just drop it out there without lots of uh, time to move, lots of instruction on how to move, and we're talking about years. So tooling. Yeah. The way we always do things, yeah. we try to provide a lot of thought and and uh, documentation around everything that we do. Because we were there, we know what that's like to have right. to be in charge of that. So, yes, so exciting things happening on the media front and in web and mobile. I know a lot of churches are now have uh, that have moved to Rock already are thinking like, how do we use this to personalize our front end experiences. And so these are some really cool ways to know, to track and see how that's working. But you said it in a very small caveat that I just wanted to point out, it kind of requires a rock website. Yeah. I mean, right. We really can't do much without that. There's right. just so much infrastructure to know who the person is and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just you kind of have to. Yeah. So at some point, if you're if your tools are not rock based for web and mobile, you might want to look at them and say, <clears throat> am I using these tools because I know them or am I using them because they move our strategy forward? Mm-hmm. And there's really just different <clears throat> strategies for how you do this. There's the, all the eggs in one basket approach, which is mm-hmm. kind of the rock way. It's like, well, we're going to try to have all these features. We're going to try to make them, you know, near best of breed. 
of course, there'll always be one tool that's better or two tools that are better because that's all they do. Like, right. trust me, there's so many times I'm like, I wish we only did one thing. Like, <laughs> I wish we only did giving. I wish we only did sending email. I wish, but we don't. We do like all of this stuff, right? So we're not going to be the top on every single box, but we hope to be in the top, you know, cover, coverage of features of the top features. But all your eggs are in ba- one basket. But all your data is in one basket, so it's much easier to to get all that synced together because there really is no sync, right? It's all in the same database. You have access to it in the same tool sets, in the same reporting engine, the same Lava. The other strategy is to pick the best and integrate. In my opinion, I've you know we've we've wrestled with that all the way back through Honeywell. There, you have much different situations and things. You can't you have to do some level of integration, but you. If you pick the best tool in every single one of those product lines, you spend all your time integrating and mm-hmm. you can never get what you need at the end of the day, which is I need all the data in one place. And as soon as you get that, then the tool changes. You have to go write another integration and you're constantly just trying to get the data and, clean and accurate. And we've seen it, a number of churches try that, like really sophisticated churches. And they, they've they struggled for years. And I, I think even one of them has abandoned it now. Yeah. So you're always just chasing, trying to get the data in one place and and then being able to make it actionable in that one place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, now the data is in one place, but now I want to send an email to those people. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> okay. So now I need to write an integration that, you know, syncs that data over to MailChimp as a list. It's like, well, oh, or you could just write a data view and send it out a rock. Is the email builder slightly not as great as MailChimp? Yeah, but not by much. And if you do good templates... Like, and we've seen some church do some good templates that are very usable and very safe for their people, you know, and I, I have used MailChimp a lot too. And I know you can, using their tools, you can still mess up the email that gets sent out if, if, (laughs) if you're careless and you just need to not, people who send emails to like thousands of people need to have a base level of training for sure. Either that or no options, like seriously just type text and provide me one image. Like (laughs) then you can make it safe. But if you want it to have like, well, I want them to be able to be creative and have different sections and and put different, well, you can do that, but you're, you're going to have exposure of what they type in there. Um, did they paste the text right out of word? Okay, well, you're probably going to have some encoding or some like corruption of the formatting or ordering. Um, and some of that's just understanding how that works. Like, if you ever opened up a Word document behind the scenes, you know, I'd go do that. Just change the DOCX to DOCX to .zip and then go look inside of it. It's pretty amazing what's inside there. It's a testament to how complex those packages are. And uh, to think that you can just copy and paste that and have it everything be perfect is not not something you can do. So those are the two strategies. And we've just chosen like all the eggs in one basket approach. Um, it's not to say that that doesn't have its strengths and its weaknesses, but we feel like it has the most strengths, especially for most churches. Um, and so while on the topic, I mean, we've talked a lot about media and, and web, but we actually do a lot with mobile. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we don't probably talk about it as much as we should, but Rock Mobile 3.0 is about to to ship. Now, ship is is weird in mobile because it's not something one just goes and updates. Like it's it's really there. You update as you need features and as you want to use features. Personally, I would think it'd be unwise if your app is 
running fine and, and you don't need any new features, there's no use going through the process of updating it. So it's a lot of testing that needs to be done in place. And this deployment to the app stores is always a challenge and, and work. So if everything's running as what as, as it is and you don't need to make any changes and you don't need the new functionality, I would keep the shell that you have. You can still make changes to your app. You can make content changes yep. all the time and, and you don't have to you know, redeploy through the app store, which is something that's kind of unique. Not too many apps can do that. You can literally add pages and pages and new content on those pages without any updates. Um, but some of the new things that we've been working on is like um, features around group finder. So you can do some group finding within the app natively. Um, we've added a ton of prayer features and I'm so happy that prayer is getting more features. And it's, it's one of those things that we wrote long ago in web and people used it, but not too many people really wanted new features around it. Um, but now we, within mobile, I think prayer is taking a huge front seat it used to be a side seat of just another thing, and now it's not, and that's really cool to see. And so we've been adding a lot of new prayer features, been adding features around reading plans, um, some more capabilities there. And I, I'd say too, that's another one of those features that's insanely hard to do behind the scenes, especially when you when a, on the feature set a church can give us like a listing of scriptures, like two verses out of this, you know, book chapter, two mm-hmm. verses out of that book chapter, and we literally behind the scenes are slicing mp3 files up and putting them back together into a unique mp3 file on the fly and serving it back i mean that's not something i've seen many people do um we've also starting to step into like some features around how a staff person could use um rock mobile to to do some like maybe more back-end kind of things like search for people Mm-hmm. That's one that's we're not quite publicly ready to go out with, but we're doing some um, code writing on that and some prototyping on that right now. Um, and then also notifications. So that's a feature. I think it's easy to, to think about notifications and to say, check the box, we can do notifications. And the more we dig into it, that's really it's an easy box to check for everybody, but what does it really mean under the scenes? There's so much be to, to notifications that, that to be really good at it, you have to go pretty deep. So for instance, like knowing if the device has notifications enabled, um, and having that accurate at any time so that if they turn it off, do you know that? Um, so we've been putting a lot of work into keeping that notifications accurate on the server side so that in rock, all those people have a personal device, which is the phone and making sure that the notification status on that is accurate. Um, and that's really hard. Um, and picture like what happens if you delete the app? Like, how do we know? Like if your communication strategy is hinging on knowing, which I would still say push notifications is probably not the go-to for transactional messaging to somebody that says, if you really, if you know that they really need to get this message, it may not be the best way to do that. It's more for like, you know, uh, campus is closed on Sunday due to (laughs) inclement weather. Yeah. Or even some personalized things like, you know, some messaging that is good to know, but you don't absolutely have to know if they got it. Um, but we're trying to make the notifications even richer so that you could, if you wanted to, you could 
be fairly certain that the notifications are on. Um, you know, right now I think most apps don't know that. Like they can ask the, to enable push notifications, but they're not tracking the status of that over time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the trick. And even knowing inside the app, if as you load the app, we want you to be able to write content that dynamically knows whether that push notification is on. And if it's already been asked f- to get permissions, you have to know that too. Because if, if you've already asked once, you don't get to ask again. Um, and so in that case, you need to switch your ask to say, hey, I noticed it's not on. Would you like me to open your settings for you? Mm-hmm. Like that's the new thing is like before you didn't have a choice, but now you can actually say, well, you've I've already asked once, so I can't just pop up the notify. Like I don't I only get one chance of that. So now I need to tell you to open up the settings and we can actually open the settings right to the right panel for you. But all of that takes an insane amount of like planning and research and code. And so I would say too, just like when you realize when you ask the question to somebody and say, hey, well, does this framework do push notifications? Just realize that's probably like asking, does a car have an engine? Like, <laughs> yes, it has an engine, but does it have like a, a functioning engine? Is it a good engine? Does it have enough horsepower? Does it, you know, it's so much more to it. And I, I didn't even realize all those details until we had to get in there and try to, to figure them all out. Wow. That is a lot there. I mean, just in the what we've talked about from core rock to mobile and web, there is so much going on here right now. Um, and even more that's further out along the lines of not quite as defined and still uh, incoming. So incredible things happening. You know, we talk a lot about the technology and what that empowers, but we need to be digging down and reminding ourselves, and it's all of our responsibility, that the reason we're doing all of this is not to have the coolest thing. It's not to have uh, the latest. It's not to stay in the top uh, trending, you know, platforms. It's because we're trying to empower ministry and those ministry moments that make an eternal difference. Um, and, and that's not necessarily readily apparent in the jobs that any of us have uh, listening or sitting right here recording the podcast. It's something that we have to remember is our why. Mm-hmm. And we have to remind each other of that uh, and the encouragement that goes along with it. It can be a little discouraging sometimes if your job involves a lot of troubleshooting someday and you feel like banging your head against the wall or um, you know, you're know you really working with something to make it work and you've got requirements and tools that don't quite line up. It can be challenging. Um, and so we just need to make that effort. Like, What's the effort today that I'll make, that you'll make, to encourage the people we work with about the impact and value of what they're having from an eternal perspective. Yeah, and if if we, you know, people often say, well, the internet's like the Roman road system mm-hmm. in terms of the technology to, to to advance the, you know, God's message and God and the gospel, and that's that's a good analogy, but it's actually a little bit, and the Roman road system is like incredibly high tech. I mean, if you read about how. The, the way they built the roads. I mean, some of those roads are still in use today, like three, almost 3,000 years later. And being into Roman history, I, I've read all the diagrams of how it works. It's pretty amazing. But like, think of what we're trying to do. We're trying to, not, it's not just the road system, but we're, we're having to design the trucking, the trucks yes. that go on the road <laughs> systems so that the payloads can all fit in the back. And, and, and if it's, you know, look, think about like shipping containers and the shipping system, like we take shipping containers for granted, like, right. We see them on trains and trucks all day, but there's a lot of high tech that went into those shipping containers. Yeah, and that's a cool story. 
and they're actually very advanced the way the locking mechanisms work and you know to lock them together and stuff it's it all seems easy and it's something like oh we'll just pave another road it's like well no you first have to figure out like how big is the truck how wide should each lane be like what what's the distance between trucks and like this notification that i'm glad no one else really has to go there you know but it's like that's like the blinker on the truck that we have to design to make sure you know it can be signaled right and it doesn't get knocked off by the wind or by hit another truck passing going the other way there's just so much more to it but it's so important like if we yes. don't have these things we can't give the messaging and if we can't give the messaging then some hope in the world is is diminished that's very true not eliminated but diminished you know, a couple of times we've put a call out for ministry impact stories because they encourage our team and because we can help share them. And uh, just want to take a moment to remind people that that is still out there and still needed, very needed. Please take a moment this week, uh, whenever you're listening to this, to go to your profile on the Rock community page and just upload a story of how Rock has made an impact in the lives of, of someone at your church. And it might not be a staff person. It might be a, how did rock enable ministry to happen that impacted someone's life? And you might have to dig for it a little bit, but you're probably a little closer to it than we are. And that encouraging message is something we can help share with the rest of the community. So please take a moment and um, maybe even put a little recurring reminder on your calendar once a month to go look for those stories. Because if you look for them and you find them, you know, the, that's where you see those little glimpses of, of hope in the world and what a cool thing to remind yourself of and to be able to share. Yeah. I'd say if you don't know a story offhand, you need to go get one, not for us, mm -hmm. but for yourself, because trust me, I, I mean, I've worked at churches for decades. If you don't have that encouragement and that tie to mission, there's going to be days where the devil attacks you and or weeks or months and you're going to feel like, well, I can go and make more money somewhere else because I'm sure that's the case. Mm -hmm. Or I can go do something else or I'm not getting uh, fed the technology or the time or the management or the leadership that I need. And, and you need that. You need those stories for yourself. And once you get them for yourself, pass them on. But if you don't go get it for yourself, you're letting the devil have a foothold into your encouragement. That's a great point. Well, there are still some great ways to get involved in the training that you might need um, for Rock this year. And we're seeing a lot of teams sending additional people for either a deeper level of training or for an elementary level of training or uh, just additional skill sets as their teams become more involved in the Rock work that's being done. So think about what might be a good fit for your team this year. We have lots and lots of opportunities from a class perspective. We just graduated... Um, master class grads, two classes that we had almost back to back. I think there was a week in between them and we had 55 master class grads in the last few weeks here. That's really incredible. Um, so we can definitely see that there's a huge demand for this. Think about who might be a good fit for that at your organization. We have another master class coming up in July that is going to be virtual. And the reason I'm mentioning that is we have some people that have been asking for that virtual class and when it's going to come back. We're trying to have about one a year. Do you want to point out that the virtual class experience is different than the on-site experience for a couple of reasons? So make sure you're picking the one that will be the best fit for you. Um, while there's no travel required, there are also lots of 
connection opportunities in person that aren't available for a virtual class. So it's a different experience. The content, however, is the same. Um, if you have questions about what might be different between the two, you know, reach out to us and we can talk about it. But some people definitely have to have a virtual option for a variety of reasons, and that is coming this summer. I like the in-persons because we get to go to dinner with them and I talk know, that's with fun. them and interact. Yep. So those are always fun. And they connect uh, one night of the week at one of the local hotels where they're staying and just kind of do some live problem solving and connection and just lots of cool stuff that happens. So um, we can't replicate that in a virtual experience. Um, class 100 and the sequel for rock class are both coming up this spring as well. So check those out on our site. You can find them on the community page. There's a classes link in the menu on the left and, uh, find out what classes make sense for your team and make sure to get those registered. Our spots have been filling up in classes, so I wouldn't wait until the last minute. I would try and just proactively figure it out. All right. We've had some great updates to share with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in, for being a part of our audience. Um, we enjoy sharing what's happening. There's just so much. The pace is so incredibly fast um, that this podcast is a great way for us to consolidate that and get it out for you to hear in one spot. That's a, a hopefully a very timely update. Thanks to those of you who filled out some of our surveys recently about content and the podcast in general. We enjoy connecting with you here. Thanks for uh, being a part of the Rock community and we'll catch you next time. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor, Ministry Dynamics, a Wi-Fi presence and equipment provider. Connect with Ministry Dynamics today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.